had trouble connecting again today. I don't know what the deal is, but we're here now. Hopefully you can hear us. Uh, there's a chat room. Uh, if you want to get into the chat room and ask a question, somebody will be trying to monitor that chat room and uh, pass that information on to us. If you're having trouble hearing us, let us know through the chat room. Uh, we'll be giving out a number here in a moment so that you can call in. I'm actually going through uh, my emails this morning <laughs> as I'm sitting there uh, to make sure that there's not certain um, things that I need to know about or respond to in this uh, process of bringing you the good news. The good news was what? That the kingdom of God was at hand. We were supposed to be seeking that good news. I mean, the gospel is even called the gospel of the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It was the right to be ruled by God. Most people don't understand that they're not being ruled by God. They're being ruled by God's many other gods who exercise authority one over the other to rule over the people, make laws for the people. And why are we in that situation? Same reason we're always in that situation, because we've been slothful. Slothful in what? Slothful in the virtues of God. What are virtues? They are the character of God, the letters of his name, the spiritual reality of his being. We were made in his image. And we should have his virtues ingrained in our very being from the inside out. And the only way that can happen is that God writes his laws upon your hearts directly and upon your minds directly. problem is most people are still eating of the tree of knowledge. They're studying. They're reading. Now, that's not something wrong with studying and reading but if you only study and read you never come to the knowledge of God because the knowledge of God is not about eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it's about actually eating from the tree of life the Holy Spirit walking in that Holy Spirit it's really simple but you can't make it happen you have to conform to Christ when you conform to Christ, when you what does that mean to conform to Christ? How how do you do that? Mostly it's about turning off your own head, your own process of making decisions. Because that's immersed not in Christ, not in the Holy Spirit, but in your own vanity. And you know who has one of the biggest problems with that is people who think they're ministers. People who think they're ministers of Christ, who want other people to think they're ministers of Christ, never, ever come to a knowledge of Christ. Because they're it. They're the minister. They're the one with the knowledge. They're the one with the understanding. They they say, oh, well, Christ is one who gives me all this enlightenment. Of course, they're going to say that. But what, what are the telltale signs of a person who is not really a minister of Christ? 
Well, he's always telling you he's a minister of Christ. He's always confessing and professing himself as a minister of Christ. Oh, he can look very humble. He'll put his head down. He'll weep. He'll cry. He'll control. He'll even cater to his congregation. He'll he'll want to seem friendly. These are all important things because he's gathering his congregation around him. He will tickle their ears. He won't bring up controversy. If he sees someone who's been embarrassed, oh, he's going to run to their aid. Well, maybe that's a good thing, but maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe they need to be embarrassed. Maybe they need to be rebuked. They need to be scolded. And the last thing they need is somebody who comes and comforts them so that they don't actually realize what a jerk they've been. That's not charity. That's not love. Love is being willing to rebuke one another and say, no, that's not right. You may be wrong. Maybe it was right. But at least you spoke up and you said something. People aren't speaking up. They're they're being meek. And that was a question that just came up on Blog Talk. They aren't being meek. Meek isn't being a wuss. Uh, pansy waist, uh, a pre-Madonna. <laughs> That's not being meek. We are to be bold in our meekness. Bold in our humility. I stick my neck out all the time. I say, hey, look. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sticking my neck out here. You can chop it off. If I make a mistake, it's going to be right out there in the open. You're recording my mistakes on a daily basis. I put it in emails, I put it on the radio, I put it on blog talks, so that you can find out where I make a mistake. And if I see you make a mistake, I'm going to point it out. I, I, I bless the person who points out my mistakes, because they cared enough to speak up. They were meek enough to speak up. How, how does that work? They were humble enough. They were willing to be humiliated if they were wrong. And they spoke up openly because they saw something was wrong. That's being meek. You're willing to be humiliated. Oh, oh my gosh, I was, I was incorrect. And now I spoke up and now I look like an idiot. But I was an idiot. But I, at least I was willing to speak up. You'd be proud of that. <laughs> you be careful of being proud of that. Anyway, the point is, is that meekness is not not speaking up. We just recently had a fellow Tom. I'm referring to him as poor Tom on the Carolina group, and poor Tom couldn't use the word election because we said you had to elect a personal contact minister to be a part of the Living Network, and he couldn't do that because. Only God can elect. Well, evidently, he didn't know God, so he couldn't ask God, who should I elect, and then elect. I mean, he goes on and on, well, this is democracy. No, it's not democracy. Democracy is when three or four people get together and are deciding an issue, and the majority win. There's no democracy in picking a contact minister. The guy you pick, he's your contact minister. That's it. I mean, it's like picking a phone company. What is he... 
you, I can't elect a phone company. I can't choose a phone company. I can't use the word elect. I mean, what do you worship? Truth or words? He's absolutely confused. He is drowning in his knowledge, not coming to a knowledge of God. Oh, he thinks he has, but he hasn't. And other people who have fallen prey to the same drowning syndrome come to his defense. They think they actually know God, but they don't. They are deluded. Now, they may have had a glimpse of God, but the world is out there trying to choke them out. The weeds of the world are trying to choke them out. Men who are very good at being false prophets can delude these people and manipulate them. When we're on uh, Freedomizer this afternoon, we're going to talk about the power of thought. That's what they asked me to talk about, the power of thought. And that, that's going to go right into the power of prayer. And the disempowering of the individual and the controlling of the individual, all these things are intermeshed into single principle for which I know of a woman who got hung because she understood that principle. They hung her in the name of God. They had to hang her because their religion, she was contradicting their religion. So they, these Puritans hung her because she had a different opinion. That's where this worshiping religion and religion, religious philosophies takes you. It will take you to becoming the Inquisitioner. And you won't even know it. You will be seen like, oh, no, I know what I'm doing because God is guiding me. Well, a God is guiding you, but it's the little g-gods that there are many of. And, and you need to repent of that. And somebody needs to come up and have the courage to tell you, you're not following Christ. I do not see Christ in what you're doing. And take their chances of being, oh, well, you're not being a friend. Oh, no, I am being a friend. I'm being a friend to Christ and to you. We talk about charity a number of times. When is charity not charity? When it doesn't strengthen the poor. That it, When it doesn't bring them face-to-face -face with their own shortcoming, a personal own shortcoming shortcoming poor Tom didn't understand so somebody told him well that's because you're thinking like a silly person you think that it's a democracy to pick a phone company to pick a contact minister it's not a vote of majority it's just two people bear witness that you're you know the description of what a PCM is is right there doesn't look anything like a democracy. It's two people bearing witness that I want this person who is volunteering for the position to help keep me in contact with other people on this network. But we use the word election. Oh, my gosh. We can't use the word election. Somebody actually came up and said, I won't name them, but maybe they're listening. Somebody actually came up and said, the apostles uh, never elected and appointed. It was always God doing it. They did. It says right in there. 
Paul appointed. Of course, now there's two or three different words that are translated into appoint. You go back to Moses. The people chose which Levite minister they wanted, who was their personal contact minister. And when you got ten people picking them, he had a congregation that he served because he volunteered to serve. It wasn't appointed from the top down. This is grassroots. But in those days, those men learned to be real men. And they realized, you know, if we don't come together, Amalek's, Malachites, and Republicans and Democrats are going to take over the, the land, and they're going to rule over us. So we have to come together and start providing for ourselves so that we don't have to go to the benefactors who exercise authority, like the pharaohs and the Caesars of this world and the Democrats of this world and the social democrats of this world and the communists of this world but we don't need those governments because we got each other because we actually have a real relationship you need a relationship with Christ in order to pull that off because otherwise you'll be going you know I don't want to be a part of this guy anymore because he doesn't say the words that I say is that worshipping words or what We've become a bunch of word worshipers with our private interpretations of the scriptures. And if you don't worship my private interpretation, then you can't be a part of my denomination. And the hell with what Christ was really talking about. What does the law hinge on? Saying the magic words? Or does the law hinge on loving thy neighbor? Even loving the stranger in your midst. If a stranger knocked on your door, would you answer and talk to him? Somebody, we have a door here in the house that's around one side of the house, and there's no light out there, and it's real dark, and nobody ever goes to that door. And somebody knocked on it late last night, and I can't see who's out there because it's dark. There's no light at that door. So, I, But I, I went and opened up the door, and I'm opening up this black door. I can't see who's out there. <laughs> And I let him in, and uh, we have a new border collie that we're grafting in, and he's over there by the other door. And he thought, this was strange. Somebody's coming through the wall there. You didn't even know there was a door there. <laughs> and it all it, it befuddled him, uh, no end. But uh, ended up being somebody that uh, we knew, but had never come to our door hardly and didn't know which door to go to. <laughs> but we opened the door. To a stranger. He knocked, and the door was open. But we got guys who actually won't even, you know, they they make an accusation and they flee. They flee. They, they sign off all emails. They don't want any email back. They don't want to have, they don't want to hear the response. They, and some of them have never, ever brought these accusations up to anybody uh, that is still on the, the network and a part of it, especially the person that they accuse. And yet they imagine that what they're doing is led by the Holy Spirit. I tell you, that is not led by the Holy Spirit. I say it out loud in a recording so that they can come back and listen. They are following an evil spirit, and they are being led by that evil spirit, and it's the spirit of vanity and self-righteousness. And they are headed to doom and destruction, and their health problems are going to increase. And they are already increasing. 
because they are cutting off because I'm nobody I'm nobody I'm just an errant sinner child of God who's seeking to do his will and preaching his kingdom as he said but you war against he that I serve you war against God no of course I could be all wet and I could be all confused and I could be absolutely deluded but I've seen this too many times before I warn them repent seek ye first the kingdom of God not your own little personal kingdom where you gather somebody around you can't you know another sign that you can see you know, I've, I've told you kingdom tracks here's Here's tracks away from the kingdom. You can't do anything unless you get other people to support you. You couldn't bring these accusations up individually. You had to have other people back you up. You couldn't speak. Christ was not enough in your heart. That's because he's not in your heart. So you need other people. And if you can't get those other people... You're drained. You're you're burnt out. You're exhausted. You're not listening to Christ because Christ is an inexhaustible source of energy and virtue. Inexhaustible. And evil can't take that virtue away from you because that virtue has the character of Christ in it. They can't can't take it away from you because... They can't touch Christ. They can't get near Christ. They can't get near the light of Christ. And when you come in the room, they don't like you if you have Christ. But I see evil men seducing men who do not have the light of Christ because they need to feel self-righteous. You need to be willing to be scourged by people, hated by people not liked by people, rejected by people. You need to be able to do that. And if you find that difficult, then Christ is not in you. Because Christ found that something he could do. And if Christ is in you, you should be able to do that too. And when they reject you, it doesn't hurt you. You may feel some sort of compassion for them, But you know, the only real compassion you feel is that there's a part of them that still may want to see the truth. And you yearn that that part be strengthened. Because the other part is just the absence of light. You you don't worry about the absence of light. You just bring light with you. In order to bring light with you, you have to see your own failings. And if you're willing to see your own failings, you will not run away and hide when you speak up. You will speak up and you'll still be standing there. And the cockroaches will run away and hide. You see, there's another kingdom track. If you're running away, ah, there's a problem. Now, how does the network work? Well, the network works when people work at networking. Say that real fast. That's the way it worked in Israel. They had to work together. And they had feasts. We talked about the upcoming feast this next fall. Uh, a fellow called in. Uh, I'll give his first name, Lynn. I haven't talked to Lynn in a couple of years on the phone. 
recognized him. <laughs> he was even said he was going to try to disguise his voice so I wouldn't know if it was a man or a woman. I said, I think I even know which man this is. <laughs> Hadn't heard him in a long time. And I'm not perfect at remembering uh, voices. I'm terrible at remembering names, but I remembered who that was. And uh, he came, and he was a lot of fun. Uh, he's got a few quirks, but he was he. It's okay, you know. We 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 all have baggage. We all have uniqueness to us. That that variety is wonderful, you know. And he was a lot of fun around the campfire, and we intend to have a lot of fun at the festival this year, because that's what we're told to do. It's a celebration. And in that celebration, there is an association. But it's not a legal association. It's an association. You know, that, actually, if you look up the word association or celebrate in some thesauruses, they are connected words. Celebrate and associate. See, the church is not an unincorporated association because when you give up to a minister, you give up entirely. But you better learn to pick your ministers. Because there's a lot of frauds out there. They're not really ministers of Christ. And one of the telltale signs of a minister of Christ today, because of the hypocrisy and apostasy, is he doesn't think he's a minister. Oh, I'm not a minister. I'm just a worker bee. Chances are he's probably more of a minister, a diaconist, than anybody else. You know, the word deacon is just and we have an article up on that uh, actually I don't know if it's completely up but parts of it are up uh, I haven't put all the coding in to make it HTML yet but it's it's up in PDF format in the book Higher Liberty that uh, the word that they translate into deacon is only I think translated in deacon twice most of the time it's translated in minister we think it has to do with dusty feet, these uh, ministers who run through the streets and do errands. In reality, it has to do with the minister of ten families. And uh, it, uh, it was confused in the, uh, because of the common usages in Latin and Greek. But you go back, and it, it comes from the Dechen, ten. And uh, in minister of ten. And that's the way the early church organized and that's why we're trying to get people to organize on the network, encouraging the people to organize on the network. But they have to actually be doers of the word and gather together and not forsake the gathering together. But that minister is a doer. Who runs the congregations of God? God does. How does he do it? To one man who's tapped into the Holy Spirit and everybody else says he's tapped into the Holy Spirit, so we're going to follow him? No. Holy Spirit works through each of you. Like Mary Hutchins was saying, each of you must have the Holy Spirit written on your hearts and on your minds. And if that is the case, you will know who to fellowship with, who to be your minister, who to elect as your contact minister, because Christ is telling you who to pick. And he will even tell you to pick the wrong one. Sometimes. Why? So that the wrong one will learn something, and you will learn something, and the guy next to you will learn something. God's ways are not our ways. He may have you pick the wrong minister first so that you will have a taste of picking the wrong minister. 
And now you get a chance to pick the right minister. And maybe the right minister isn't all that perfect either, but maybe he has something to learn. God is our teacher, and he teaches us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit manifests itself through every single member of the congregation. When you got that, you got Christ. When you gather together in His name, according to His ways, each of you must know. Each of you are ministers to whom? To each other and to your minister, who is simply the go-to doer guy, the worker bee. You say, we're going to have a meeting at such and such a place, and we need to have this, this, and this there. We need to have these guys notified that the meeting is there. Because some of them aren't really moving that much by the Holy Spirit, otherwise they'd be there. <laughs> but anyway, it's somebody who is a man of action. That's who you want. You do not need somebody sitting up there telling you his private interpretation of the Bible and what he calls strong or uh, what do they always like to use? Uh, what kind of doctrine do they always call it? A sound doctrine. I knew it was an S word. <laughs> sound doctrine. And they're holding up the Bible. This is the word of God and I will tell you what it means. They are trying to get power over you. They don't even know it. You need to have enough knowledge of God to realize that you have no power here, only Christ. And Christ is here in my heart. The kingdom of heaven is within you, each of you. Now, that doesn't mean that there might be somebody who studied the Bible more and can bring up facts and information more than you do, but you need to check them out. Do not give them power. All power is given to Christ through the Holy Spirit through His Holy Spirit by Him guiding each and every one of you in each and every choice if you have a leader it might be somebody who is just gutsy guy who heads out ahead it doesn't mean he is not without mistake or error in his life but you want to see as many kingdom tracks there in his life as possible he should be a husband of one wife. He should be a husband, not simply in a relationship. He should, you know, hopefully not be divorced a bunch of times. But we're forgiving. As long as he gets his act together, we might let him be a minister, even with that on his record. But now, if he had a wife, he needs to have a wife and be a husband to that wife. We're going to talk more about Tony's Kingdom Tracks and non-Kingdom Tracks, and we'll give you the number, 414-395-2442, and we'll give it again when we come back, and you can call in and give me that. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com The Greatest Prophecy DVD from Across the Border Productions Embrace the little known, the greatest prophecy given by the Great High Priest, the once secret plan for mankind 
at the first sacrificial event. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion because if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America in prophecy exposed for all to see. You must see it. The mark of the beast. No, it's not a biochip implant. A much better and more secure technology is already here and you are already using it. We will bonus you with a free copy of Richard Bennett's groundbreaking work, The Inquisition, when you send a support donation of $20 to First Amendment Radio. Visit the shopping page at our website or send $20 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. Send your support donation of $20 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, Avenue, Tulare, California, or $30 U.S. for international priority mail outside the U.S.A. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the times to come. Will you be ready? The Greatest Prophecy DVD. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's. Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, we're talking about the Kingdom of God, and uh, uh, we're talking about the network, and we're talking about the doctrines of Christ, but the doctrines of Christ, as I said, are what Christ said, what he taught. That's what the statement says, doctrines of Christ. If he didn't say it, it isn't his doctrine. It's somebody's talking about what they think he said. Really simple stuff. It's not complicated. But almost every church, every religion wants to dictate to you what you're supposed to think Jesus said. And the reality is the Holy Spirit will dictate to you what Jesus said and you will either listen to the Holy Spirit or you will not. And men who have gone out ahead 
they get may have an opinion, but when they're saying their opinion, it's still just their private interpretation. It may be accurate. It may be in accord with Christ. It may be a good explanation of what Christ said, but it's still their private interpretation. And you should take it as such. And this is this is the way I see it, that Christ's doctrines are what he said. And our opinions are what we think he said. And everything that most preachers preach is simply their opinion. Again, it might be accurate. How do you know if he's accurate? How do you know if he's telling the truth? Well, I can give you hints of what I would think would show you they're accurate or not accurate, but ultimately you need to be depending on the Holy Spirit that's guiding you. And believe me, the Holy Spirit will guide you if you will accept the Holy Spirit. So what you look for is the tracks of the Holy Spirit in that person's life. But ultimately, you need the tracks of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're still going to need that Holy Spirit. You cannot depend on any minister, preacher, pope, or pontiff to tell you what God is really saying. And say, well, you know, he said it's so, so it must be so. No. What is Christ telling you in your heart and in your mind? And if you're wrong, the evidence of your error will show itself. The evidence of your blindness will show itself. You know, I just saw an email coming in because I uh, I, I booted uh, poor, uh, poor Tom off the Carolina group. I actually, he's still on the group, but he's just moderated. He can't post to the group. He evidently has been gleaning emails all across our network. He's on more than one group. And so once he couldn't post to that group, he's posted to all kinds of other groups. And some of the people used to be on our groups. And one of them came back and had a complaint that uh, somehow or other that uh, I should read it to you because I can only read it to you in my... Uh, uh, Let's see if I can find this really quick. Uh, I got all kinds of emails here. Uh, Bob. Bob says, uh, interesting email from poor Tom, who's complaining that he was uh, booted because he wasn't using the network correctly. Uh, the network has a purpose. These are not discussion groups. They are a chance for you to elect somebody to be your contact point with the rest of the group. And if a couple of people elect them, we choose to give that person access to more information about the group, and then we'll see how he works. And if he doesn't do a good job, uh, they should elect somebody else, and they can do that at any time. It's not a democracy because it's not a majority election. Uh, it just requires two people, at least two witnesses, which is very biblical, two or more witnesses, must say that, you know, I think this guy would make a good contact minister for me. That's all he's doing is electing that contact minister for himself. And if we see a couple of people do that, then we give that guy access to who's on the group. And that may not be a good deal because he still may be a jerk. And he still may not be led by Christ. We're not saying he's led by Christ. We're saying he's been picked by at least two people on this group as somebody they thought they could trust. He find, we find out he's not trustworthy, we should remove him from the group. And we have. And sometimes they've removed themselves because they didn't want to stay 
doing the job of keeping people connected. It's a shadow of what the kingdom is all about. But, uh, so this guy, uh, as soon as he was uh, moderated on the one group, because he kept going on and on about the fact that he couldn't elect a PCM because we used the word elect, and even though we already explained to him the word elect is the same as the word to choose, and it isn't any different than picking a phone company, he had to go on and on. But I can't be a part of a democracy, even though we explained that's not a democracy because it's not majority rule, it's just who you chose. Oh, but it would be enslaving them. But no, no, it's not enslaving them because it's a voluntary job and they can stop anytime they want. It's This guy is living in his imagination. He is studying all the time. He reads all our books. He reads the Bible. He reads probably all kinds of stuff. But he's never coming to a knowledge of anything, an understanding of anything, because he's all caught up in his head. And he will never know Christ as long as he stays caught up in his head because he's still eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so I actually informed him of that in love and charity. And people say, oh, my gosh, controversy. Somebody's actually got a controversy here. So anyway, he writes, he's evidently accumulated lots and lots of emails, so he wrote all these guys. He actually put all their emails up there in the two rather than BC them. So now all those other people are now responding to all those other people. This is how spammers love guys like this who care not about anybody else but about their own personal preaching. They're looking for a soapbox. They imagine themselves to be a preacher, and they think they're God's gift to the world. But they can't even understand basic, simple, little courtesies and concepts, and it's all about them. It's all about them. And poor Tom needs to know that, and he needs to repent, and we need to tell Tom that because we love Tom, and we want Tom to understand that, Tom, you're a jerk. You're being silly and foolish. You're all caught up in words. You're worshiping words. You're not worshiping Christ. You're not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by your vain intellectual perception of reality. So much so that it has blinded you to the common sense reality that's all around you. I mean, I, I would be scared to death to work with that guy around heavy machinery because he is absolutely blind to very simple, oh, I didn't even see that tree there. I didn't even see that cliff there. You know, uh, he, he, but anyway, this other Bob, Bob L., I'll call him, uh, he writes that, uh, that he, uh, he says, I'm a former pastor who finally realized that organized religion is mostly about control. HHC is no different. Yeah, we're really controlling yeah, absolutely. We're always telling you what you have to do and what you don't have to do. Uh, we're forcing you to contribute, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It says, I eventually realized that I don't need anyone to explain to me what what's written in Scripture. Well, of course, that's what I say all the time. You don't need anybody to explain what is written in Scripture. I'm just sharing with you what I found. You need the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I say all the time. But somehow or other, he hasn't caught that in his brief association. I can't even remember him. The name is vaguely familiar, but of course, I, I admit I'm terrible at names. He says, so-called doctrine, which doesn't usually match up with Scripture. Hey, my words exactly. Christ's words only are the doctrines of Christ. Now, if you want to talk about the doctrines of the Bible... That's something else. But we're not supposed to be preaching the doctrines of the Bible. We're supposed to be preaching the doctrines of Christ. 
And of course, they are in, uh, uh, complementary to each other. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys who wants to throw out Paul and what have you. Uh, I don't believe in any of that. Uh, but the reality is, is that, uh, uh, the church is supposed to be preaching the doctrines of Christ. So you need a red-letter Bible and, and to find out what he said, and I'm amazed at this. And I just said on the previous program that any of these churches that write up a doctrine and you find words in there that Christ didn't say, then they're not preaching just the doctrines of Christ, and they're preaching something else, and it usually comes down to the private interpretations of some former pastor or pastor or religionist. My initial reaction to HHC was similar to yours, uh, although this guy really doesn't know what he's talking about. I won't go into, because he, he should read all the other emails that poor Tom wrote. Uh, that would be a burden. I won't go into all the gory details. Now, you know, there's an ad hominem. But su- suffice to say that my questions were not tolerated either. What questions? Uh, the fact is, is he was, if he, if they weren't tolerated on that group, on, on, on the network group it was probably because he was trying to enter into debate these guys are frustrated former pastors or would-be pastors or would-be ministers who want to use the network groups as their private soapbox and and get up there and debate their preconceived notions as to what Christ said we have other groups where you can go and debate all day long but the network groups are specifically for networking, not for monologuing, not for diatribing. It's for meeting and connecting with other people. Now, we had a call from Lynn, who's now up in Montana. we got several people that may be traveling to Montana. If Lynn was working on the network, he admits he's kind of a loner, and he always has been. And that I understand that. Uh, a lot of times people are kind of loners because they're independent people and also because they've been burned by so many people. You know, but we encourage them to get over it. But it's up to them. You see, that's the, one of the amazing things about the kingdom. It's up to you. It's up to you to connect with the Holy Spirit and figure out who's telling the truth and who's not saying the truth. It's not. We don't dictate doctrine. We have nothing in the doctrine of this church except what Christ said. We don't even tell you what it meant. Yeah, I write. I have opinions. You can write. We have a wiki site where any of the contact ministers, any of the PCMs can put up what they think. And that they're welcome to do that. What they think about what Christ said. I mean, you know, I mean, actually, they can put up what they think about gardening because we have a section for that. They can put up what they think about blacksmithing because we have a section for that. Uh, the site is entirely created by the people who participate. It's at preparingyou.com. And, uh, you know, it's starting to grow, but it requires doers. And that's one of the reasons why we created it, because doers will start contacting other doers, because that's what you have to be is a doer, not one of these guys who, but I've studied, and I, you know, I figured it out. Well, maybe you figured it out. Maybe you're foolish, like poor Tom that are so locked up he can't even he he, he actually isn't even writing coherently uh, he doesn't even put ideas together coherently he is so enmeshed and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse he doesn't need people 
catering to that kind of foolishness. So anyway, uh, enough on poor Tom and poor Bob. Uh, and I wish them well. Uh, I hope they come to a, a realization of who Christ is someday. Uh, I don't, I don't see it now. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. Uh, telephone number to call, 414-395-2442. And you can give me heck. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, I'm not in the chat room. I should probably go to the chat room and see if anything's coming in there, but I think we've got somebody monitoring that. My co-host, uh, as usual, faithful Paul Bethke, is here. Uh, I don't know if he's got me muted, but, uh. <laughs> I got you covered. How's that? I got you, got my, got my back covered there, Paul. <laughs> uh, I don't know, did you see any activity in the chat room or is everybody, uh, absolutely trembling in their boots that they're afraid to ask a question because I'm hot today? They're not, <laughs> they're not afraid. I see them, I see people, some people smiling, I see some people with their mouth open saying, yeah, it's about time he said this, and, <laughs> actually there's not a lot of chat going on, so I'm just inferring some of these. <laughs> Well, anyway, the 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 fact is, is we need to be. We're running out of time here. Uh, there's there's things that are happening in the world today. We see the signs everywhere. You know, like this. Uh, uh, let's see, I've got some notes here that somebody was sending me stuff uh, on a regular basis. Oh, the National Defense Authorization Act. You know, the the mere fact that somebody actually put all that stuff down on paper <laughs> with a typewriter or pencil or whatever it is that they wrote it is absolutely astonishing, astonishing that they would put this down and not be immediately arrested themselves. <laughs> but they they do it, and people are going, oh, well, I'm saved, and, you know, well, what can we do about it, and, and you know, on and on and on, and the fact is, is that they don't even have a clue what Christianity was all about. I mean, the Christians were real men and women. They stood up. They confronted the truth about themselves, about their relationships. Uh, they they were open. They had to be open. Why were the apostles all in one room? Because you can't come into one accord and. I mean, wouldn't it have been just a delight to see those guys talking things over after the crucifixion of Christ? They had been dedicating their life. They had left everything, their businesses behind, dedicating their life to Christ. They had seen these miracle after miracle after miracle. They, they believed partly because of all those miracles. And then suddenly Christ gets crucified. And they were lost. They, they were the charismatic character of Christ was not there to give them faith. I bet you a lot of them were just drained because they had depended upon the personification of Christ to give them courage and to give them strength and to give them the virtue. Even Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, he, with faith for a moment, needed the hand of Christ to keep them up above water. And this is the way they were. They were all that way. And many of the people that gather at his holy church are that way. 
But I keep saying, no, you've got to do it yourself. You've got to see yourself. You've got to understand yourself. In order to do that, you've got to see yourself as you really are. You've got to see your failings. You've got to see your problems. People don't want to do that. You know, and I don't even have to tell them what their problem is. All I have to do is pray about it. And pray that God shows them. And then when God shows them, do they see it or do they flee? Well, if they're going to flee, they're going to have to make an excuse of uh, flee. I think I left the, you know, a pot on the stove. I got to run back and check. <laughs> Whatever it is, they'll make up an excuse why they got to go. Got to go. Got to get out of here. You know, here's that guy Bob who who left because he realized he doesn't need a church dictating to him what to believe or how to understand or interpret the scripture. We don't dictate. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was the guy who everybody was complaining. I wasn't dictating enough doctrine, telling oh, they have to believe this and have to believe. Who was the one who came and said, you have to say these things? You have to have these sound doctrines. And then they quote something that Christ didn't even say. Or they quote something out of context. And I love love when we look at... Uh, uh, I keep grabbing the wrong mouse here. I got two computers I'm looking at. Here, uh, if we look up John, and anybody can else go and look up in their own Bible because everybody doesn't have a King James. But John uh, 3, I'm terrible about the numbers, 315. Did it come to me? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Let's go back a little bit. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Well, actually, if you understood the serpent in the wilderness that he lifted up and what, they, what that really was, that's a, that's a very interesting... You know, we have these Renaissance paintings uh, of what he's lifting up. And it is a complete distortion of what actually was taking place. But uh, and gazing upon uh, this thing, actually the word is presenting the person to the thing. They actually touched the thing that he lifted up. Uh, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. What world is that? Constitutional order system of government? That wasn't the planet. Uh, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. But what does it mean? Because what a lot of people think it means, it doesn't mean. And that's why they're not really saved, even though they think they believe. And you can tell that they're not saved because they're not saved from sin. They're still sinning. They're sinning a lot. They're sinning by policy. They're sinning on a day-to-day basis. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Again, that world. World. What world? If you don't read this in the Greek, or have someone who will explain to you which world that is, of the four, five, six different words that can be translated into world in the New Testament, then you won't understand what he's saying. What he said is true. But Christ's doctrine is true. 
But what you think he's saying isn't necessarily true because you may be deceived. So that's why we say Christ's words only. Not my interpretation, not your interpretation, not somebody else's interpretation, but Christ's words only. And we are just men, we are not his holy church, we are men striving, struggling, seeking that kingdom. And we are not dictating to you a doctrine. We are trying to figure out what Christ's doctrine is. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And some people, oh, well, that's Yeshua. You have to believe in the name. No, the name is who he is. It's the virtue that makes up the man. It's that virtue that came out of him and healed. And we talked about virtue last week. And you can hear the recordings of the other programs that we did. We've already got those up. And I, I, they have them in the archives here at this station. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. What is the evidence that men love darkness? That they hide. That they run away. That they cut you off. They don't want to, they can't hear from you. They don't want to hear your words. They don't want you to rebut their accusation. They want to accuse and run into the darkness. They don't want to hear from anybody else either because they're cowards, because they're afraid of the light. And that's evidence that they're afraid of the light. They are not bold. They are not outspoken. They, they can't be outspoken. They're afraid. Unless, of course, you make them angry. And if you're very clever, you can make them angry and get them to be outspoken. But that won't last. Their anger will drain them. They'll be absolutely exhausted afterwards. And then they won't, and then disease will set in. And then hopefully they will cry out and repent. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. We're supposed to reprove one another. We're supposed to rebuke one another. We're supposed to say, no, that's not right, when we believe that's not right. And if we're wrong, hopefully, prayerfully, they will rebuke us back. They will work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You will not be afraid of controversy. Now, on the networks, they are not debate networks. They are not your personal soapbox either. They are connection points to make a real living network. Now, we're going to run out of time before we get to the good stuff. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Doeth gosh, does Christ know that we're saved by faith alone? Why is he talking about doing the truth coming through the mind? We'll talk more about this when we return to King and the King. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom, 
with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about uh, the kingdom, as always. And I was reading from John three three twenty one, and I hear myself talking because I loaded the chat room and I'm hearing. I can't get the volume turned off on the speaker. <laughs> there we go. We got it down. Uh, anyway, uh, the. Uh, uh, so we're loaded on that, but uh, and we were reading uh, just before the break, John three twenty one. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. These are reciprocating events. Doeth the truth cometh to the light. Coming to the light allows you to know the truth to do it, which allows you to do the truth some more, which brings you to the light, and on and on and on that if you are given the truth, and we talked about this earlier when Lynn called, if you're given the truth and you do not act upon that truth that you are given, it will be taken away from you. Christ expresses this in his parables about the talent. God gives you truth. That's a value. That's a talent. That's that's a treasure. And if you don't use it, if you don't act upon that truth, he will take it away from you. And what you saw, you will no longer see. What you had, you will no longer have. So the people who are saying, oh, you're saved by faith, not by works. And if anybody mentions works, oh, my gosh, no, you're not saved by works. 
I, I know I'm saved because I believe. I do nothing, but I believe. Which is why the world is in the mess it is. Because of this false doctrine that's devoid of Christ. Because Christ is saying, but he that doeth the truth cometh to the light. Not he that thinks about the truth, studies the truth, reads about the truth, intellectualizes the truth, but he that doeth the truth cometh to the light because he does not bury his talent. And therefore it will not be taken away, he will be given more. Simple concept, simple principle. And Christ is telling you, his deeds may be made manifest that they were or are wrought in God. Because he doeth the truth. You know, the gospel is so simple you don't need theologians to tell you how to do it. You need Christ in your heart and in your mind. A real relationship with Christ. One that is nurtured by Christ, not by other people. You don't need other people to nurture that. You need other people so that you can do it the will of the Father. So that you will come to the light. Not to energize you. Not to give you strength. And you cannot be drained if you are connected to the Holy Spirit. It's an inexhaustible tree of life. You can be drained if you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There is your evidence. Figure it out. Be meek enough, humble enough to admit it. Repent and start doing the will of the Father. Stop looking like a cockroach hiding from the light. That was kind of mean, but you need to smack these people upside the head sometimes so that they wake up and start seeking the truth with their whole heart, mind, and soul, even if it's at the expense of their own vanity. After these things, Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea uh, and his disciples into the land of, boy it looks like there's a word missing there and there he tarried with them and baptized now that's interesting uh, because I remember reading somewhere that someone said that Jesus never baptized anybody uh, that it was only his disciples but you know if you look at the syntax of that sentence I have to pull that up in the Greek sometime and take a look at it you see I can learn every day too uh, we need to uh, be constantly searching now I gave you the phone number I didn't see anybody rushing to call in I don't hear that there's any questions in the chat room I haven't quite actually got into the chat room yet but the telephone number is 414-395-2442 and, you know, what What are you afraid of? Are you afraid to, to uh, call in? <laughs> this is your chance to give me uh what for on the air. <laughs> but, uh, you know, make my day, because I'm, I'm sitting here with loaded with truth uh, in all six cylinders. And... Uh, and we're willing to be challenged. Uh, but uh, chances are, if people are going to do anything, 
against us, they're going to have to come in the dark because <laughs> they hate the light. Uh, okay, I don't know what uh, Paul's right. Paul, you're going to have to explain what you just wrote in the chat room. What is that? <laughs> what Jesus wrote in the chat room? <laughs> Uh, cuatro, cuatro, dos. Uh, oh, oh, I, I just wrote, yeah. Oh, uh, you're, uh, yeah, you're just, uh, it just translated. That's the telephone number, I see. That's your Spanish. See. See. Okay. I see. Okay. So, anyway, I don't see any questions popping up there. I see you, you put out the number. But anyway, um, I've got all kinds of notes I can go off of, but I, I, I needed to get that out there. Somebody can uh, tell the people where they can get a recording so they can see what I'm saying about them uh, behind their back. Of course, I'm not saying it behind their back. <laughs> I'm saying it out in the open and making a recording of it. Didn't mention anybody's name, but if the boot fits, <laughs> they need to wear it. Because, you know, that's it's not love not to speak up. It's just not love to keep these things quiet you know I'm willing to take the flack for what I do and say and I'm, I I err from time to time but I think it's a sin of non-love not to speak up when you have a complaint it's like somebody's headed for a cliff and you don't want to mention anything because you don't want to make them turn around or slow down or anything because he seems so intent upon heading for that cliff you know the fact is that people are you know we talked about these corporate soul things many 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 times and I've warned people against trying to pretend to be a church with a corporate soul and uh, that you know they have a place uh, in the world but uh, uh, we're not supposed to be of the world and most corporate souls are of the world and uh, it's a tool but it should not be misused you know a sledgehammer is a tool too but I don't put in finish nails with a sledgehammer and, uh, you know, I don't split wood with a screwdriver. Uh, it's improperly being used by many people. And we've got people that I actually met and liked, and they're in jail because they did not hear. Now, I first my query is, did I make it clear enough? But the reality is, is that people are not willing to see the whole truth. It's very hard to find people who are willing to see the whole truth because they're they're very rare they're like gold they're very rare and even those people who are willing to see a lot of truth there's going to come a day when they're going to face a portion of the truth that's going to be very hard for them to receive but they have to keep going they have to make a habit of seeing the truth and acting upon that truth and we're not to forsake the gathering together so we've presented that a way in which they can gather together and instead people are trying to use the network as their personal soapbox you know look at all the places where Christ is telling us to do things and we need to be doing them and most of those things that he's telling us to do re involve other people you know I, I'm amazed at the number of people that talk about relationships as being so key and the first thing they want to do is break off relationships because there's a slight little disagreement. We need to let those people go. We not let them run away. 
if that's what they're intent upon doing because they're just going to lead other people astray. Can you imagine that? You know, I had Cora for years, and we all joked about that. You all heard little stories about old Cora the sheep, who was always leading, you know, uh, 20 to 30 percent of the herd off with her if she could manage it. (laughs) Sometimes it was only, you know, four or five, but uh, sometimes she actually got a pretty good-sized chunk following her. We don't have that problem anymore. You know, occasionally they'll wander where they're not supposed to go, but they'll all be there together. Because they've learned to be gregarious. they learned to come together. And we need to learn to come together, too. And that doesn't mean that we're going to all be in agreement all the time. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have different views and opinions as to what the Scripture is saying. And we need, that's why patience is a virtue. People want to know, well, what are we supposed to do? Greg's always talking about what we're doing wrong. Well... Okay, what are you supposed to do? Gather together. Form your congregations of record. Come on, Get on the record saying, this is our group. This is the guy we're picking as a minister. He's not going to rule over us. He's not going to dictate to us what we believe. He's a worker bee. He's a doer. You know, he's got ideas that we don't even agree with all the time. But we're ministers to him, and we'll we'll check him by saying, you know, I don't agree with that. Bob, Tom, Dave, Steve. And you work out your salvation with fear and trembling by gathering together and working out these problems. And and trying to gather together with other people that are seeking the Holy Spirit. You can't conjure up the Holy Spirit with magic words and phrases and doctrines or even by your doing. You have to do the will of the Father. In order to do the will of the Father, you're not going to find out what that is by asking somebody else. You have to ask in your heart. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ask somebody else and talk to them about it, because iron sharpens iron. But in order for iron to sharpen iron, iron has to actually make contact with iron. They have to connect. Steel on steel, sparks fly. And when they do that, then they will get sharp. When they're afraid to do that, they will stay dull and impersonal in their emotional religions and their comfortable churches, and they will never come to the full knowledge of God. They will study the Bible, and they will want to get other people to listen to them. I don't want to get you to listen to me. I want you to get you to listen to the Holy Spirit <laughs> and start acting like you're listening. And now for some positive notes. We do have people, I believe, that are doing that. And, and we do have people that have the courage and are willing to see a little controversy. But the network groups are not debate groups. You want to have a debate? Get in the same room with each other and have that debate. And then hug each other before you live. leave. You can even give each other a holy kiss if you're into that. But that holy kiss will include rebuke. It will include challenging each other in the spirit and in truth and in love. And it won't include running off. And you know, this is this is actually a great encouragement that some are running off. Some I had doubts about all along. I still have hope for them. I still pray that they see the light and come to the light and become meek 
but bold. Can you be meek and bold at the same time? Absolutely, once you understand the difference between meek and bold. Build up one another in Romans 14, 19. How can you build up unless you sometimes tear down because everybody comes with their baggage? How can you do that? And I, you know, I'm led now at this moment to go and look that quote up. Are any of you led to go and look that quote up? <laughs> Build up one another. Huh? I must have something. Build up one another. That should be there. Did I have that word wrong? <laughs> it's not finding it. That's interesting. Did I have that misquoted in the Bible? <laughs> Somebody tell me where that is. That's in Romans... Uh, I have to go by memory here because I don't have that sitting in front of me. Uh, Romans fourteen nineteen. Uh, we'll look that up. Romans fourteen nineteen, and see what that actually says there. Should have found that. Okay. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord. See, I've got something wrong here. I've made an error. And I made it on the radio. <laughs> that, uh, so that you can see that I make mistakes. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Um, anyway, uh, but people are so afraid that they're going to make a mistake or do something that is incorrect that uh, they do nothing. That they are completely stifled and do nothing. We can't be that way. We have to get out there and make mistakes. And, uh, oh, I see. I'm in 14.9, uh, not 14.19. That wasn't a bad mistake, I think. Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace. No, still a mistake. Still not the right quote. Somewhere I've gotten that off. So, anyway. There are uh, questions, if you're willing. Say, okay, yeah. Is it? Did they write it in here? They did write it in there. I can read them, or you can go find okay, them. Okay. Uh, Not which, too far. GC started it. Oh, that's yeah. way up there. Brother Gregory, could you please clarify what is the difference between honoring your father and your mother versus calling no man your father except your father in heaven? Thank you, uh, and God bless. Okay. Well, that's really easy. Uh, you know, when Jesus said, call no man patronus, uh, uh, patri, actually is the word that you see there in the, the Greek text. Uh, at that time, Caesars was the patronus of the nation, uh, of the world, of the uh, uh, constitutional order system of government that was pretty much regulating almost everybody in the Mediterranean area, although there were some that were still holdouts. Uh, Israel itself wasn't conquered yet, but they had invited Rome in to settle a civil war dispute to prevent civil war and they they had one mission there as far as that invitation and it wasn't a legitimate invitation because it wasn't they weren't invited in by the rightful ruler they were invited in by the Pharisees but uh, was to determine who was the rightful king and settle that dispute uh, and whoever was the rightful king they would back him uh, but he even whether he uh, appealed to them or not would depend on how much they could do and not do. 
Um, but anyway, the senators were all called patri. Uh, and when Jesus said, call no man patri, that's what he was saying. Uh, your father, your natural father, yes, you were to honor your natural father, and that honoring meant, yeah, obeying to some degree. Uh, you know, if you wanted to get married, you had to ask his permission. If you uh, didn't get his permission, you really shouldn't marry. And uh, you should, but the word honoring actually had to do with the Hebrew word for fattening. It meant that you were to enrich your parents. When you turned 18, 19, 20, 25, graduated, whatever it is, you were to be tithing back to your parents, uh, give, supporting your father and whatever congregation your father gathered with, because that was the way in which that government operated. The way Rome operated was the Roman emperor became the father of the nation, the Patronus, our father who art in Rome. And he was supplying all kinds of benefits to the people who would register their children at the Roman Bureau of Vital Statistics, which was the Temple of Saturn. And there were other temples that did the same thing, and of course they started doing the same thing in Israel. They did it in the temples that uh, Paul, uh, Paul uh, Herod built uh, for Roma, because he didn't just build the temple for the Jews, he also built the temple for Roma. Uh, the goddess of Roma, and you would register your your the birth of your children were there, and you would have to pay in a certain amount, and that was your Corbin, your sacrifice, and they would guarantee you your social welfare. But that sort of system made the word of God to none effect, but it depended upon a Patronus to be the overseer of that system. But that Patronus exercised authority, and that system compelled the offerings of the people according to statutory limitations. That was usually decided by men like the Sanhedrin or the Senate or, or eventually by the emperor himself, how much you had to pay in. The system that God created was ten families independently, sovereign individual families with one grandfather, elder, at the head of that family, gathered together with nine other families and picked a minister to help administrate their system of charity, not to dictate to them what to believe or the law or any of those things. The Levite was to administrate the system of charity. We we recently had somebody whose husband died, and people sent them money, and they didn't have bank accounts, so they couldn't cash the check, where they shouldn't have sent them the money. They should have sent the money to their minister, and the minister and saying this is for the needy in our congregation in your congregation and that that minister would tell you in what form you could send the money and then he would take that money and use it for the good of that individual he will have more knowledge about their needs he will see that money coming in and know that uh, how much they need at a given time and and help do that if he doesn't do a good job they better pick another minister because that's how they minister to their minister is they say, hey, you're not doing a good job. They speak up and say that. He's not authority over you. He's authority over what you give. And why give to him? Well, what happened if somebody were to, everybody in the network sent that person $1,000? That would be uh, $500,000. <laughs> that's way too much. 
they shouldn't get that. They don't need that. As a matter of fact, that person has family that will take care of them. Maybe not the way they want, but they will take care of them. But that's what family's all about, because uh, that individual has a son who in the past has taken care of them and and should be taking care of them and should have that burden of taking care of them because he will learn lessons lessons in that process. He will be he will learn charity in that process. Now, if if he falls short of the needs of his mother and does not do a good job, that's when the minister jumps in and says, "Oh, we're not going to let her go hungry. We're not going to let her freeze or get cold. But we're not going to interfere with the family because the." son should be fattening his mother honoring his mother taking care of his mother and if we step in and prevent that we do them a disservice we commit the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah we weaken those who are poor in spirit so that they may become more poor in spirit and not take care of their mother this is social security is the social security system in the United States this uh, national insurance program in England uh, the social insurance, I don't know what they call it, and it stands for SIN in Canada. <laughs> These are all systems of Corbin that do not honor the father and the mother. They honor your father in Washington, D.C. or Toronto or whatever. And not only that, but that's why you're subject to income tax on wages and salaries because you become a federal employee with the attaining of your social security number. So honoring your father and your mother is a key element. Christ never took that away, and this is one of the things that anybody who thinks that that call no man father means your natural father is completely taking what he said out of context. Because everybody at that time, when he said call no man on earth patri, no man on earth patri, they all knew what he meant. They all knew he was talking about the Roman Senate and the Sanhedrin and and uh, Caesar and and the Herods of this world. That's why he, when he said the Corbin of the Pharisees makes the word of God to none effect, they knew exactly what he meant. You know, which is why the crowds diminished <laughs> when he, he said these controversial things. Whoa, he's saying give up Social Security. And to create your own social security through a social network that's bound by faith, hope, and charity. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I have that kind of faith, but I believe in Jesus. But I don't have the faith to actually do what he said. Learn to live by faith, hope, and charity. I don't have that kind of faith. I just have faith in Jesus. I believe in his name, Yeshua. Sinners. Sinners all. Repent. Make straight the way of the Lord. Start gathering together. So we're getting lots of amens on that. <laughs> I don't know if they're saying amen to me or other people. <laughs> I think it's to you. He had a follow-up on it, but with all the amens, perhaps you already addressed what he was following up with. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, any more questions there in the chat room? Call no man on earth. Patre. Patre. Same word. It changes at the end by uh, uh, syntax. Uh, if you once you understand how uh, Latin and Greek they change the ending of a word depending on how it's used in a sentence, uh, like, uh, and that it can change a lot more than just the ending of the words. For instance, the word "law" that we see comes from the Latin word. Uh, actually, 
the spelling we have comes from the Anglo-Saxon word, but jus juris is the word law. That's in the subjective case and the ablative case, jus juris. So you have J-U-S or I-U-S and yours, I-U-R-I-S, are the same word, just one's in the ablative and one's in the subjective case. So it changes quite a bit. And uh, we used to have a lot of fun with that in the seminary where you could change Latin words to sound like English words and say some pretty nasty things. <laughs> and you were just, it was just all Latin. <laughs> I don't pick Latin. You know, does that count? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> a pig Latin, does that count? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like that, you know, but uh, a little different. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so uh, David Ray says he wants to learn Latin. So anyway, yeah. Uh, well, the follow-up, uh, if you want. I mean, it's Is just, there a follow-up? There was, and I think you probably already answered, but it says, will you shed some light on the similarity between providing for your family or worse than an infidel and messiahs? My mother and brother are they who do the will of my father. Right, and actually the, the one other one, unless one hates is, uh, talks about mother and father, I think I can't remember that, and I always talk to that, I would address that more. Uh, the, uh, ultimately, our Lord, and this really goes back to relationships and everything, and it's what I've been talking about all along, is that people think relationships is, you know, huggy, kissy, sweetie, uh, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, uh, uh, mutual admiration society. And, of course, you know, when I describe it like that, everybody says, oh, we don't want that. But in reality, that's what a lot of people want and think is a relationship. Our relationship is with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with the tree of life. And that tree of life may tell us to go over there and smack somebody upside the head <laughs> in, a, in a non-violent sort of way but uh, to bring their attention to their failing that you are willing to risk the admiration and love and caresses of even wife and uh, children for the purposes of Christ you were willing to speak up and say what you are doing is wrong what you are doing is in opposition to Christ. What you are doing is straying from the ways of God. And you're willing to say that even if they're not going to like you. And that's what they're talking about. And doing that will of the Father. And I guess we only got a few more seconds and we're going to go to another break. So we'll probably have to finish this after the break. But I'll give everybody in the chat room to come up with more questions because I'll sit here during the break and read what they got to say. <laughs> But, uh, I don't know, expound upon that with more questions if you have any. I'll expound more with what God puts on my mind. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. 
because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host cause and anywhere else the spirit may lead you do all to the glory of our god and creator for his holy nation the only kingdom that will last forever thank you for listening If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. 559-781-3773. Welcome back to Kings of the Kingdom. Uh, I didn't watch the chat room as closely as I did. should have. Uh, but uh, anyway, I have a quote here that we can read from, uh, which is from Luke uh, if you, 14, I think, uh, verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them. Now, that's interesting great multitudes coming and he turned around and said to them if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters 
Yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He is raising the bar. And he, of course, he's not talking about actually hating them because we know that, uh, you know, John said, uh, and, uh, uh, and what, First John 3.15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So, uh, even hating your brother, you're a murderer. And so Christ isn't talking about hate in that sense. He's talking about this multitude following him. They're all following him, and they're they're putting him up on a pedestal, and they're they're trying to use him as a charismatic leader to give them strength and emotional uh, faith because of the fact that this guy is doing these miracles, and yeah, let's follow him and everything. But he says that you can't follow him unless you give up or put first your love of the tree of life of God of the virtue of God of the character of God if, if you don't put that first and people are always not putting that first they don't I mean pastors do it all the time they don't put Christ first because somebody will be doing something and they oh don't want to cause waves don't want to cause controversy yeah, they're not doing quite what Christ, but they believe. They're believers, and we have to be gentle with believers. Real believers, you can't get the belief out of them. They're willing to pick up their cross. And that's what he goes on to say. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Again, remember, these disciples are the ones who are going to be his ministers to the people they're going to take the place of the Levites what the Levites should have been doing hadn't been doing for quite some time certainly the Levites of that day weren't doing it if they were uh, Pharisees you cannot be one of my disciples for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he hath sufficient to finish it when I recognize a congregation of record, I'm not making these people my disciples. I'm just recognizing that they're a congregation of record because they have fulfilled what we laid down or I've written down as my criteria to know that you're a congregation of record. And that's why I don't nag them about their annual report because I want to see if they keep their word. Evidently, some of them don't even know what their word was. It's right there in both the guidelines, administrative guidelines, over and over again. But evidently, they they make agreements and don't even look at the terms of the agreement. That's pretty much evidence that they're not of Christ. Because what? Who wouldn't have sat down and saw what he was agreeing to? I actually had a minister of record say, I never intended to keep records. So you're telling me you were lying? <laughs> Liars don't enter into the kingdom of heaven either. You see, the, everything is a test. To test the, your faith. To test your honesty. To test your honor. And, you know, I, if I have to nag you to do what is right, 
then I become your motivation. Isn't Christ the motivation enough? You see, it's a test, and many men are failing that test. But some men, I believe, will pass that test. I think really what we have is the real ministers of Christ have not yet figured out that there are those ministers. But part of that is the people who want to congregate haven't figured out what a minister really looks like because all they've seen all their life is these false ministers who gather people under themselves rather than actually are leading people to Christ. They gather people under their doctrines, their interpretation, their private interpretation of what Christ was really saying. It's not complicated. You can't love your neighbor unless you know who he is. You can't serve one another unless you find out who one another are. And that's what the network is, is to find out who one another are. You're supposed to love the stranger anyway. But anybody with two cents worth of common sense will know that you have to gather together in order to efficiently do what Christ said, which is why we should not forsake the gathering together. Anyway, somebody writes in here, Matthew 10:37. He that loveth the father or her mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth so or daughter. Uh, is that right? So or daughter? <laughs> or did my missing part off of the screen? Uh, more Son. than me is not worthy of me. Again? Son or daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway... Uh, that's the same thing in uh, Matthew ten thirty seven. Uh, the same concept is that you have to love the truth. If Christ is the truth, Christ is the way, you have to love that. And even if your family says, I don't want to go that way, you have to love that way more. Now, that doesn't give men the right to abandon their family. Well, they didn't want to go with me, so I abandoned them. You still need to attend to that I, I've got a dog out here he's as dumb as a post and we kept him he's the last out of a litter he's a very friendly dog a border collie but he really doesn't understand hurting he, he, we've never been able to get a handle on him I might spend the summer trying to if we don't give him away to somebody uh, who needs a nice friendly dog but doesn't know anything about hurting <laughs> uh, but uh I might take the time to try one more time to get a handle on him <laughs> so that he could actually be used for hurting. But it's pretty, he's an old dog. <laughs> but we kept him. We fed him. We cared for him. We kept him uh, because it's our responsibility. When we have an animal, it's our responsibility to take care of them, even though, you know, uh, you know they're, they're a problem. We have three cows that are old and really should be, uh, turned into hamburger, but they may be pregnant. And so we are going to struggle through one more calving with them in hopes that they have a calf and can raise it. And uh, we've put them in special pens and we uh, feed them uh, separately. Oh, we blinked out there for a second. Are we here? You guys still hear yeah, me? Yeah, we're Can here. You hear me, Paul? We're okay. Here. I don't know what that was. Did you see that? I, Did uh, you hear? Yeah, I heard a tone. Okay. That's done. I thought it came from your phone. Go ahead. Yeah, anyway, something cut off here for just a second, but we're back. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, the, so there's a responsibility to the family, and a person needs to be very careful about weighing, 
you know, what is Christ telling me to do and what are my family's needs? And uh, be very patient because Christ was very patient. And uh, and if we cannot teach our families that love and patience, and I think it works eventually that uh, God will bless us. And if we're quick to drop the ball with our family, then we will probably be quick to drop the ball with, uh, you know, Christ's uh, calling. And so we have to be very careful about that and not use it. See, you can take all these quotes out of context and start convincing yourself that you can do all kinds of things that are really not Christ-like. And that's what the intellectual Christian is always doing. And like I said earlier, this is how they were able to hang Mary Hutchins. You know, the Puritans who were escaping persecution go and hang a woman because she has a different idea about Christ and the gospel than they did. And they became the very inquisitioners. They said that they were trying to escape. And that will happen to anybody who does not uh, repent of their own anger and judgment. If you judge your enemy with anger and the judgment that belongs to God, you will become like your enemy. That's why you have to be forgiving. That's why we're told to forgive. Is that if we don't forgive, we will become like that which we hate. I mean, hate in the, the overt, uh, active sort of way. When he's using, you know, hate, he means not love your family more than you love Christ. And when you really love your family, uh, your, Christ more than you love your family, you, what you offer to your family will be a correction and a blessing. But if you love your family more than you love Christ, you will be manipulated. You will be controlled. If you love anything more than you love Christ, more than you love the truth, more than you love God, you will be manipulated. And if you love your knowledge of the Bible, your reading and your study and everything, the words, more than you love the truth, then you will make a God of that and it will get you to do stupid, foolish, ignorant things. And you will become more and more stupid, more and more ignorant, more and more a liability to those around you than a blessing. And that's what we see going on all the time. It is pervasive throughout the world. It's not like there's a little quicksand out there that you have to avoid. There's a lot of quicksand out there. <laughs> there's a lot of dangers out there. There's a lot of things that you would want to stay away from. The path is narrow. And I can't show you the path. I can talk about where it doesn't, uh, where it's not at. I can talk about, you know, what it kind of looks like. But the path for you is unique, and the only one who can show you that path is the Holy Spirit. And it is that relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is really interesting how I harp on this over and over again. Yet, as much as I say it, there are men out there who say they are listening to me and say, he doesn't emphasize Christ enough. <laughs> I mean, like, like, where are they getting their information from? <laughs> I mean, like... There's a sign for you <laughs> that somebody's in darkness, because that's all I ever talk about. And uh, they didn't see that. They think I don't do it. Oh, so it's like 
they're in another world and they are in another world they're in a world of darkness they do not have eyes to see and ears to hear and and the fact that we are aware of that is wonderful because now when that light of awareness comes to us about that individual and we receive it with love about that individual now we can be a light to that individual a light they have not seen now it may drive them away from us more but it's not from us that they're being driven it's from that light we're going to talk about the infinite uh, not an infinite monkeys uh, the uh, 100 monkeys <laughs> we might talk about the infinite monkeys too that's another story um, on uh, the show this afternoon and so everybody can turn into that show and you can find out about it uh, at org. but I, I don't want to plug that show on this show because that wouldn't be fair to this radio station but we will we will talk more about those things and that, that show will be recorded I don't know what's happening next week uh, I'm getting off next week because it's the Christmas weekend you know the 24th uh, it won't be a live show uh, next week in the afternoon um they're just going to play the one that we're going to do today. And I'd be curious to know if that was going to happen at First Amendment or if we're going to do uh, or, or at Liberty Radio Live. If we're going to do that, is that going to be a live show or pre-recorded? Uh, I'm willing to do it either way. Uh, I think last year it was live, and it was even it was. on the 25th. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, that's fine with me. We can do that. Uh uh, anyway, so I don't see all those questions coming. I saw Paul put up the number again, 414-395-2442. Well, I saw hmm there, and I thought maybe there's a question behind it. Oh, okay. Uh, the, yeah, that, yeah, I cannot follow chat rooms even when I'm not on the phone. <laughs> you know, this guy is answering this guy up here, and this guy down here is talking about this thing over there. <laughs> Somehow, and everything is kind of like delayed. I mean, if you had this an actual verbal conversation, it would be like, you know, this guy's on a 20-second lag and this guy's on a 30-second lag. <laughs> it's, it's too much. You know, I, I need the natural flow. But anyone is welcome to dial in and zip up quickly to the one minute in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 414-395-2442. Uh, I guess that's four one four three nine five two HHC, which could be three nine five C HHC. Call HHC. Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, the I don't know. What do you want to talk about, Paul? Well, I wanted to bring What's up. John? You talk about uh, John three sixteen, and you were talking about the word world before. And, of course, the first part of that statement is, for God so loved the world. But if we interpret that as a constitutional order system of government, how how does God love that? Well, you see, that's the thing, is that he, it's not the institution. It's the people. And if you look at, you know, there was a prophecy hundreds of years before Christ that the, uh, the kingdom of Israel would be taken away from uh, the Judeans even and Israel. You know, even though the lost tribes were lost tribes, many of the people in Judea, even though they were mostly from uh, only a couple tribes, 
there were many other tribes represented there because, you know, they didn't all go away. There was large parts of them that went up to Northern Europe, but they were still in contact and there were connections. I mean, there were exchange students coming from the Teutons and studying in Rome, and Rome was sending students up to study amongst the Teutons. These were all fairly sophisticated civilizations, but they operated in different ways. And the same with Judah. There were people coming from all over uh, Europe uh, to Judea, and especially when they heard about this Christ who was doing all these miracles, and he'd been doing them for years and years, and so we could believe that Pentecost was just packed with people at the news of wanting to see this Christ guy who's raising the dead and healing the sick and, and preaching this gospel. Uh, so this was this was big stuff, uh, these people coming from all over. Uh, the the uh, uh, I just lost my train of thought. That's, that comes from looking at the chat room for a second. <laughs> what were we talking about, Paul? <laughs> I, I thought it was John 3.16 in the world. Yeah, John. Yeah, no, the world. Okay. So anyway, Rome, it was said that the the kingdom would be taken away and given to the Kittim. Well, the Kittim were the Romans. And the Romans originally fashioned their government after Israel when they threw out the Tarquinian kings 500 years before. But that that pure republic, or almost pure republic that the Romans created, which they call Liber Res Publica, uh, wasn't all that pure, but it was closer to pure than uh, actually what Judah was becoming. It morphed, just like Judah morphed. Eventually, they in, they didn't get a king, they got a Caesar, and they were going that way. It's the same way in the United States, when America was a republic before the Constitution and was still a republic after the Constitution, but there was this additional corporate government created, which was created by the Constitution. Eventually, the people moved away from the republic into this indirect democracy and away from the precepts that made them great. Rome did the same. Judah did the same. Israel did the same and called for a king under Saul. So we see that same pattern in history over and over again. So, uh, But there were a great many people the Roman centurion as an example, who were closer to the faith in Christ than many of the people that were in Judea and were Israelites even because they actually understood the system of God and were actually in favor. So he loved those people in this whole Mediterranean area. He loves the stranger in his midst and he came that all of them might be saved. He wasn't trying to save Caesar, except for the fact to save Caesar from being Caesar <laughs> and repent like Moses did, like David did, and stop being uh, Saul-like and start being David-like, repenting of your sin, of drafting and, and forcing contributions and being uh, benefactors who exercise authority. He wanted them to repent too. And so, yeah, he loved those people, not what they were becoming, but what's, what they had once been. He loved the Israelites. Uh, this is why they asked him, when would he restore Israel, the kingdom of Israel? He already restored the kingdom. He restored the kingdom when he said, I appoint unto you a kingdom. But they wanted to know when he was going to restore the kingdom of Israel, which is a different. It's the kingdom of God is where God 
is prevailing in the hearts and minds of men. And that so happens to be a pure republic, not an indirect democracy, but a pure republic, where every man in every congregation is king of his own castle, of his own family. And as he adheres to the will and ways of God, he is blessed by the wills and way of God, and he gathers together with others with the bonds that set you free, which is the bonds of love and virtue and honor and honesty and patience. And those bonds set you free. But those are invisible bonds, non-contractual bonds. They are a fulfillment of the covenant with God in our hearts and in our minds. And when we do that, we will be Israel, the kingdom of Israel. Right now, we're the kingdom of God appointed by Christ. But only if we are doing the will of the Father, which is what Christ came to teach us about. So, yeah, he loved the world. He didn't love the system they were becoming and the degeneration of that system into this uh, indirect democracy and eventually an imperial power, which is exactly what the United States is doing. We see it with these bills that are, are coming up. And, and your modern Senate passes it 97 to, uh, no, 93 to 7. That's unbelievable. You know, what, what, are, what was the name of that again? <laughs> Uh, the National Defense Authorization Act. You know, we need to, we need to turn around and see what's going on and start the real solution, which is gathering together. And people want to know, well, what, Greg doesn't tell what we're supposed to do. Form a congregation of record. Oh, but we're already doing that in our congregation. Well, no, they're not. They're not doing it with us. Now, they don't have to do it with us. And crisis makes that clear. But this is what we're doing, and this is why we created the networks. We didn't create the networks so that people can espouse their... Uh, uh, we don't mind if people share where they're coming from and give their personal, uh, you know, what they see so that people get a feel for who you are. But really, the purpose is not to get into those kinds of debates. The purpose is to make contact. In Colorado, they're going to be meeting at Denny's here, I think, today, sometime. And uh, hopefully they'll start forming, uh, and they can change the name of uh, his church at Long's Peak, completely change the name and form a new congregation, pick a new minister, and get their act together again. And I, I pray and hope that they do, but it's up to them. That's the thing about the kingdom. Your striving, your seeking of the kingdom is up to you. And you have to find others who will strive together with you to lift those heavy objects. We had to change a tire on a on a, a big tractor. I mean, a big tractor. The tire probably weighs 2,000 pounds and, uh, when it's full of liquid. And it went flat. <laughs> Couldn't have been the little tire up front. Had to be the back tire. <laughs> we actually think it's a, it was something that needed to be attended. We saw there was a flaw. But anyway... You're not lifting that up by hand. <laughs> you need more than one person to get that thing up and loaded. But we got her done. But anyway, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, we'll see you next week, I guess, on LibertyRadioLive.com. And until then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. Thanks, Greg. Okay, thank you, Paul.
You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.